Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. I am so, so super excited to be back with you all. I'm sorry I've been absent for a minute, but we've been trying to work on our mentoring program, and that took a little bit more steam than we kind of imagined, and it it, it has changed me. All I can say is it has changed me a great deal, and I'm just so um, humbled by all of the experiences I've had, and you can go on the website and you can read about them. Um, but for tonight, tonight is a whole another ball game. As you all know, I love music. I mean, if I was to take my playlist and roll it out on some paper, it'll probably go a couple of blocks long. I'm always adding new things to my playlist, and tonight I am going to introduce you to someone who has just made uh, made himself onto my playlist with a few of his songs. He is an amazing artist. He is um, out of Michigan. Now, I'm not going to say where he's coming from because I will mess that up horribly, and I'll let him tell you the name of the town that he comes from originally. He is, how can I say I guess you can say a child prodigy, um, and he began playing music at the age of two, and that's really interesting because I have so many questions regarding that, and his first instrument was the drums. I'm sure that drove his parents crazy, but we'll find out about that as well, and I just wanted to, you know, let you know how great it is that, you know, music keeps reinventing itself. We keep finding new and different artists who have such an amazing style, a talent. His voice is amazing. His music is very, very good. I enjoy his music a lot. Like I said, he's on my playlist. He'll be, I'll be listening to him when I work out in the morning. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you the amazing Adam Spreeman. Hello. Wow. Hi. Hi. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> no, that was so nice and humbling. I'm just, I'm cheesing so hard right now. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You're wow. quite welcome. Yes. I, like I said, I love music. And when I hear good music, it goes onto my playlist. So you're up there now. Um. But before we go, you know, tell us, Adam, who is Adam Freeman? Let us know more about who you are. Wow, yeah. Well, first, thank you. That's, like, so humbling. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I can already tell you're an amazing hostess. It's going to be so great. I'm I'm super excited. Um, (laughs) Who am I? How am I? I'm doing great today. Uh, 20 minutes ago, I just wrote a song. So my voice is a little shot. That's why I was singing my heart out. Um, mm. But I'm doing I'm doing good today. It's been a it's been a pretty long day. Uh, started this early, but as far as uh, what you were saying, um, I'm from Tecumseh, Michigan. It's a very small city. I mean, it is so little. 
um, I think there might be 8,000 people in total. Oh, boy. Like, wow. it's really small. The next big city is probably Adrian, and then you go over, and you guys might know about Ann Arbor, where U of M is, mm-hmm. University of Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like our iconic. And then Detroit, obviously. Detroit, Motown, and all that stuff just put us on the map a little bit. But for sure, for sure. Wow. Tecumseh, you said. Yeah. It's named okay, after an I, Indian. Okay, I pronounced it correctly. Good. Yes, you Tecumseh. did. Perfect. <laughs> now, you began your your journey into the music um, sphere at the age of two. What was that like? It was it was really cool. Um, so, growing up, um, well, started two years old. My mom, uh, my dad is left handed, and my mom, I, I believe she's left handed, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but she was actually the one who taught me how to play drums. And she and I would sit in the kitchen on pots and pans, and I would bang on the pots and pans in rhythm in time at two years old. And my mom was like, wow, so we should probably get him a drum set. Well, she taught me how to play drums right-handed. Um, so musically, it's really weird because I write with my left hand, but I mm-hmm. play and I pitch, and I in my dominant hand is my right hand, but I write with my left, and I think with the way it's my left. It's really weird. Um so that's always been really exciting because musically I feel like at a young age things were opened up to me because mm-hmm. I'm actually um, right-handed, but she taught me how to do things left-handed. Um, and so it was really just, um, it just opened up things for me. And then obviously moving from two to five and six, and my dad and my, my mom were both very musical. My mom is an incredible singer. My dad's a good singer. He plays piano. Piano. He went to college for it. Um, he's incredible at, at piano and saxophone, um, which is really cool. I've seen him play it a few times. It's, it's pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and in my house, in my sister, she's incredible. Um, it's just so musical. There's always music playing. Everybody's singing. Everybody's doing stuff. Like it wouldn't be anything to hear like my sister and me doing like a two-part harmony while we're like just doing school or like whatever the case may be. It's just it was just how it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like it was a very a warm and loving environment. Now, I understand. Do you think that your ambidexterity helps you musically because you're able to use both left and right parts of your brain? Yeah. Yes. 100% because thinking artistically has to be brought into balance with structure. So an artist that doesn't have structure, which I believe the right side of my brain produces a lot of structure for me. It makes things organized. It makes things focused. It, it, it's like kind of like the, the I don't know, the sheriff or the policeman that keeps everything in order. Um, otherwise, I would spend too much time, you know, trying to find the perfect words rather than just getting a song finished and completed. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it really helps me balance. And, I, and that started very young for me. And I believe that's been one of my strongest assets in writing music, one of them. Okay, and I understand that you were homeschooled, and what was that like, yeah. and how did that help your socialization? You know, I was always curious about that. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, so, like, growing up in being homeschooled, like, if you're an awkward person, you're going to be an awkward person whether you're in high school or, like, public school or not. Um, 
it's just the way it is. There's a lot of there's a lot of awkwardness and stuff. I actually grew up with so many people around me that when I was homeschooled, it really wasn't like being away from society. Um, my dad was a pastor, so like going in and out of church, um, always kids, always hanging out with families, always doing stuff like that. Um, I had a lot of friends growing up. So from a very young age, like one of my best friends um, I've known since I was two, and a lot of them I've known since I was like six and seven. And so like we go way, way back, and we kind of stayed in touch and just hung out throughout the years. So like growing up as a homeschooled student, it was like anything. I mean, I would go over to my friend's house after school, hang out with them, and then go home and do homework all day and then, you know, rinse and repeat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I basically told my parents, I said, I'm super bored here. I don't like it. I want to play sports because the program that I was a part of um, wouldn't let you participate past eighth grade. It was like a rec soccer team. And okay. they were like, okay, well, you can go, you can go and play. Uh, we'll let you go to high school and, and play and do that kind of stuff because we know you want to do it. And then I just exploded. It was so fun. Made tons of new friends, uh, joined choir, joined theater, made the soccer team, started. Um, I spent a lot of time when I was young, like a lot of time playing soccer, like hundreds of hours of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's you love soccer, huh? <laughs> yes. Not as much as I love hockey, but I okay. do love soccer. Okay, that is excellent. Now, with that being said, um, you being a preacher's kid, why didn't you go in the gospel direction? Because I seem to believe that your music is more focused to pop in um, in that era. Yeah, um, I think it was pretty simple for me. I, I sat down when I was 18 with my pops and I said, look, I just this is where my heart is, this is what I want to do, this is what I feel, and this is what I hear. Ultimately, my ear told me where I wanted to go because mm-hmm. I, I don't write gospel. I I mm-hmm. sing and I play the music I write. If I mm-hmm. if, if tomorrow I wrote country and not pop, then I would do country. Um, okay. I, I love pop, and I think it shows because that's what I hear, but it's it's really just one of those things. When I sat down with him, I said, this is where I want to go. He was totally understanding. He totally realized that he's like, yeah. And his thing has always been, you know, keep anchors in your life, stay mm-hmm. rooted, stay focused, you know, have goals, set yourself up for success. Don't, don't just go in there and blow up, be patient, you know, apply some of these, some of these Christian morals and, and biblical things to your life to help yourself out in the future. Um, and so I just took that advice to heart. And, you know, as you grow in from being a boy to a man, you realize that, yeah, you need, to, you need to be able to take responsibility. You need to be able to focus. You need to be able to do these things. And the door opened up to be able to do those things in pop. And so, oh, like, if you, if you, yeah, if you listen to my lyrics, I don't, I'm not a trashy writer. Everything will may sound like, ooh, that might be a little edgy or that might be a little something. But if you really look into the fabric of the song, you're going to mm-hmm. find that there are a lot of hidden meanings, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of stuff that once you read the lyrics out loud to yourself, you're like, oh, wow, that's what he was saying. 
and it doesn't mm. sound anything like the music because people want to hear certain things. They want to feel certain things, and I like giving them what they want. Um, I think, okay. you know, I think that that's a great thing. I like writing people. I like writing music people want to listen to, um, but I also want to express myself. So the art is figuring out how to make both sides of that coin happy. Now, previously, you did a lot of background work, and what made you decide to, to come center stage? Say that again? I said previously you did a lot of work behind the scenes, you know, working with other um, rappers and artists. What made you decide yeah. to come to the forefront and be center stage? Um, well, when I started to do, like, a little bit of performing and people would say, hey, can you show me that song? Or, hey, how would you do it? And I started doing it. People started to take notice. Um, and especially um, my good friend, Oxley A. Antonio, he, he was really a catalyst mm-hmm. to kind of push me to that next level and say, no, bro, you can do this. Like, you can really go the whole – you can take the whole kit and caboodle. And I – it took, and you can even ask him. It took a little bit to build the confidence in me, because I came in and I was a spitfire. I was just like, I'm ready to go, and then took some hits, and I was like, Wow, that's a little hard. Okay, wait a minute, let's regroup. Um, and then he kind of reignited that fire. And my family, you know, that's another thing. They really encouraged me because singing, growing up, and stuff. They're like, you know, you could really go for this. And so, I just kind of, I just kind of did it. And then all of a sudden, the the response was excellent, you know, and and so it's just been a tremendous, it's been tremendous ever since. Mm-hmm. And you have um you have a song now, um that's on that's on the airways. It's called Bad Habit. And right. how did that come about? You did you write that? If you wrote that, what was your inspiration behind that song? My inspiration was my girl, totally through and through. Um, I think we had had a conversation, and there was, because um, we used to live quite a ways away, and mm-hmm. so um, there was a lot of time and distance, and it really creates a very emotional state for a person <laughs> to be that mm. far away from something they love and they want. And so I was expressing those feelings on a piano that was out of tune um, in the back room and uh, at my parents' house, and... Uh, it just came it just came to me. It was just like boom, there's the song. And then it was a little while after that I kinda wrote in the rap lyrics and kinda fit that stuff together. But uh but the original melody actually it's really funny because when we took it into the production team, they they had a vision for the song. Mm-hmm. The original melody was like Ooh, I'm an addict. It it had that like little riff in there, like Ooh. Mm-hmm. and that, that little riff was like was like the 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 good part of the song and the guy in the production team just went in and, and did this thing with it and it like created this whole another dimension in the song and I was mind blown. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that is incredible. But back back to the back to the question. Yeah, that song was inspired one hundred percent by my girl. Sat down, wrote it. It was a fairly quick song, a quick write. Usually your best songs will pop out in about thirty five, forty minutes. Um mm-hmm. spending a lot of time on them makes them muddy makes them confusing, makes them too personal, too deep. You know, people sometimes just need a good-feeling song, and I and I mm-hmm. think that song is a pretty good-feeling song, you know. Okay, so we're going to play it for our listeners, and we're going to let them see exactly what it is you're saying. Um, I already know because I listened to it, and I liked it a lot. I just want <laughs> you to know that. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so we're going to play Bad Habits.
Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. That is my new um, work workout song. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes, that would be my, <laughs> yes, that would be my workout song because it has the the tempo, and I think I I sense a little Beaver and Timberlake. Are they some of your influences? Um, I no, not really. I mean, I listened to a little bit of Justin Timberlake growing up, you know, just with the just with the stuff that he had out when I was like little, but mm-hmm. a little where I should say, um. Justin Bieber, I listen to a lot of Justin Bieber and I respect him as an artist, but I've never looked up to him as somebody that I want to mimic. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, just because, I, I don't know, maybe it's because we're close in age or style or whatever it is, I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't really looked into it much. I really do respect him as an artist. He's a fantastic singer. He's super creative. Like, um, I remember reading an article where, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name, Skrillex, uh, was talking about him being like, you know, a futuroso and him just being super talented. And I, and I respect Skrillex, so I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this kid is probably really, really, really amazing. Um, but my my influences are not pop. Um, really? It's really weird. Yeah, I, I am a very, I listen to a lot of eclectic stuff. Like my favorite song of all time is Benny and the Jets by Elton John. Like, oh, really? It, it does not get any better. It's just like it's like the best. Like that song is the best song. Um, but I listened to Dave Matthews growing up <laughs> all the time. Like okay. that's my guy. And actually, I hope sometime soon uh, I'll be going to one of his concerts, and that would just be incredible. But going to his like, concert or be opening for him wouldn't that be better? <laughs> If I opened for Dave Matthews, I would cry. Like, I would physically start weeping. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is the best day of my life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I listened to a lot of that. And John Mayer, John Mayer has been a huge mm-hmm. influence in my music. Uh, Ed Sheeran, actually, um, he's kind of what helped inspire me to make me believe that somebody can still do it the real, organic, raw way and still make mm-hmm. it in the industry. Because... You know, growing up and being in high school during 2000, um, you know, 11 was when I graduated. So, like, that era was really, like, electronic dance music. And it's just super, like, there wasn't a lot of raw talent. Like, Adele was kind of out, but she really hadn't hit the scene and exploded yet. And, like, mm-hmm. just, like, you know, people who really influenced and, and gave that acoustic vibe and that, like, that feel. And then Ed Sheeran just popped out of nowhere and was like, yo, this is what I do now. Like, this okay. And it, and it was incredible because, it, like, at that time I was writing a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there would be times when I'd write two or three songs a day and just constantly writing because there was so much, there was so much inspiration just by, like, existing. I just had to get it out. Um, and my outlet was music. So I just was writing so much. And he was somebody that I was looking up to saying, wow, if he can do it, I can do it, you know. Um yeah, so for sure. That's good. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Well, I'm going to ask you several questions, but this one is okay. for you. If you had to tell your younger self something, um, what would you tell your younger self something based on what you know now? Oh, my goodness. Try harder. Do more. That's what I would tell myself. Okay. I've been, I've done a lot. 
and I've and I've been a lot and I've seen a lot. But looking back at all of the forks in the road and looking back at all the choices and looking back at all of the things that I've done in my life, I would I would just tell myself there's a higher place. Go to that place always. Mm-hmm. You know, fight for that truth always. Go beyond what's in the temple, what's here, what's in front of you, and, you know, don't stop playing when your fingers hurt. Don't give up when you can't figure out the melody. Don't don't miss this person's birthday. Just just do do more. Because you only have this life and if you don't live it to its fullest then what else is there to do? I mean it just like we just get caught up in this other stuff, you know, and it's like I would just tell myself just more. Do more. Be more. Okay. That's excellent. 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 That's good advice for all of us. Um, and I wanted to squeeze in Poster Child. Can you give us a little bit of information about that? Yeah. I mean, Poster Child was like a love child. I mean, it just popped out of nowhere, and all of a sudden we just had this beautiful thing. Like, went into the studio, we were recording another song, and our producer at the time pulled up a, pulled up a, like a list of songs that he had been, like, tracking and stuff and I was like oh my gosh mm-hmm. I love this beat and it was the poster child beat and um he was like he's like oh yeah it's like a rap beat you know but you're not really like a rapper so just send it to me in my email I'll see what I can do with it he's like all mm-hmm. right whatever so that night went home and uh I went over to my friend's house because at the time we were like unseparable we were just hanging out all the time and I was over at his house he was playing some video games and it was probably like three o'clock in the morning and I listened to the beat probably I mean just it felt like a hundred times that day. I just constantly listened to this beat. And I didn't really get anything, but I there was something inside of me. It was like a geyser. It was like building up. And I was like, oh, my gosh, something's coming. I know it's coming. And so it just, at 3 o'clock, boom, and I just sat down and wrote the whole song out. It felt like in five minutes. And then as soon as I wrote it out, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. This is, this is I love this song. And so, like, a couple days later, might have been a week, I can't really remember, um, we went back to the studio recorded it and and that's it you know and inspiration wise a lot of the lyrics that I was drawing from again going back to my relationship with my girl she um just listening and talking to her family and then having to explain like oh I'm an artist hey I'm going to be doing these things and they're looking at you thinking okay um you know (laughs) so (laughs) what do you actually do you know and um it, it, it was a way for me to kind of you know, vent and express, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not supposed to tell it off so that your mama wants. I'm on a poster, though. That should count for something. You know, that that little, like, little tidbit there, it's like, you know, talking to, to her family. And then not only that, but but talking to her and saying, you know, we've had these conversations. I know what you liked. I know what you wanted. I know what you were looking for in life. And then I showed up, and you're like, all right, I guess this is it. Like, I like this guy. And so that, to me, was like a huge, a huge point where I could just kind of pour something into a song. And it was unique because at the time she hadn't, I hadn't written a lot of music about her yet. So it was fresh and it was new and it was raw and it was just boom, there it is. And then it was just kind of out there and Mm -hmm. then it caught. So it's like, it's just incredible. I love it. Okay. Well, we're going to let our listeners hear it too. So they too can love it because I really enjoyed that one as well. 
<laughs> okay, here we go.
But like, but like in that song, like it's obnoxiously high. I remember being in the studio. I was like, I want to do this, and the and the producer was like, Nah. He's like, It's kind of obnoxious. Like maybe not. And I was like, No, you gotta let me do this. Just let me show off here, just a little bit. And he's like, All right. Mm-hmm. So I did it. And I nailed it. And he was like, Wow. Okay. Thank God we did that. Definitely keep it. And I was like, Awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But it's a fun song. It really is. Like every time I listen to it, it. it it's very vibey. This kind of takes you into this, like, for me at least, I, I don't know. And, and let me let me just preface this really quick. As a writer, I disconnect when when I write the song and it's out there. Then mm-hmm. you transition over to being an artist and you perform the song. As an artist, performing that song is different than being a writer of that song. And and I and I don't know if that's easy to understand or if I'm explaining that it well. It is. It is. There's two different hats. And, like, right now, as an artist listening to that song, not as my own, but just as a piece of music, it puts me in, like, this this place where I just kind of want to, like, get in my car and drive and think about that girl or that guy that I absolutely just in love with and just kind of, like, just kind of, like, see, feel cool about loving them. Like, that's mm-hmm. what that song makes me feel. It makes me want, like, want to just feel cool about loving that person that I love, you know? It puts you in that. You just want to vibe. You just want to sit and chill and vibe with the song. And that's, I get what you're saying, and I understand what you're saying. I, I also understand what you mean by saying well, how you separate yourself. It's like you're the passive observer of your own work. Yeah. Like you, you, have, you cannot look at things, you know, with bias. You can't look at things and say, well, that's, that's me, so it's great. No, it's not. Like you can, you have to be able to sit back and judge yourself, because in doing that, then when you go out, you're prepared, you're ready, your heart's ready, mm-hmm. you're stable, you're aware, and those are like those are very important things, you know, especially as an artist. Like, if if I were gonna go and perform, you know, that song, I'm gonna connect that song differently than I did when I wrote it, mm-hmm. because when I wrote it, right, like, like I call it the bedroom moment, and so what that is. Is and I and by the way, um, I'm writing a book about my techniques in writing and my techniques in in um, just how I I put everything together. So mm-hmm. if if this sounds over articulated, it's because I've like rehearsed this a million times. But when you go in when you go in and you're writing that song, you know you cut your heart out, you put it on the table, you smack it a few times, make sure it's beaten, and then you put that into the song, and that's what brings life to that piece of music but as an artist you have to be able to dig within yourself to connect with that and so if Adele didn't go in and write that song if Justin Bieber didn't go in and write that song word for word melody for melody they have to find somewhere in themselves to connect with it and that's what is so beautiful about music is that there is so many different angles and so many different ways you can look at it and you can feel it like somebody could come in and be like this is actually a sad song for me. So when they sing it, it may come across sad, you know, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Like you were talking in the, in the beginning how much you love music and that's just like, I, I can totally relate to that because it's like when I look around, when I see all just the art of it, it just mm-hmm. grips me and it's like, oh my gosh, music is literally like one of the most beautiful, powerful things on the planet. It's just, it's amazing. Yes, it's one of the best blessings we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from above. That was, I mean, he really, that was, I used to say that music is God's way of showing us how much he really loves us. 
Really, that's a that's that's very true. That's very true. Wow. Yes. So now, how can people keep track of you, follow you, or you know, just chat with you? How can they do that? Right. So Snapchat, um, streaming mm-hmm. music, um, streaming music for all of it. If you just look up, or if you if you have a hard time finding me, you can just type in Adam Streaming. Um, unlike, you know, the internet or whatever, and my stuff will pop up, that handle will pop up, and then you can kind of just bunny trail. But um, you, uh, we've got some stuff up on YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Um, there's another one, Twitter. I believe we, we've been doing some tweet, some tweeting. Um, I'm mm-hmm. terrible. I'm just going to say this right now. I'm the worst tech person on the planet. I spent way too much time with my head in just music and playing music and doing all that kind of stuff. So they're, like, trying to explain to me, like, what, what this stuff is. And I'm like, oh, the Twitters. Right. I got that. You know? <laughs> it's like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, but I would say just Instagram, um, SoundCloud, Facebook, you know, the good stuff. So Great. Well, I have to say that this was so much fun. I really enjoyed our conversation and listening to your music. I felt like I was just sitting and chilling with my good friend. And, you know, it was it was just so, so relaxing. And I want to thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. And likewise, I mean, you have been so delightful. You've been super kind and, and really just been such a humbling experience just to to be able to talk to somebody who is as passionate about music as I am. It's always it's always just a fire conversation for sure. Thank you again. And I would love to have you back again. Um, the door is open. So, I mean, we will keep in contact with Mary because Mary is amazing. She is just an amazing person, and I love her so much. And I want to thank yeah, her for incredible. this opportunity. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one last question that I would like to leave with our listeners. If you had any advice that you would give to anyone starting out in the industry, um, what would you what would you say to them? Okay, so yes, this is this is the one thing that I would say, hands down, every time. Work hard, don't give up. When you want to quit, still don't give up. Work harder, and then when you get to that one, don't give up. Work harder, because the light is at the end of the tunnel. It's just about putting in the work. You really just have to put in the work. People want a quick way up. They want to just make it, and they want it to be big. And for some people, that works. But it's it's about taming your heart and your emotions to believe in yourself and to believe that you can do this. It's the journey that prepares you for the success. It's not the success that prepares you for the success. So work hard. Don't quit because you are, like, literally inches away from it. You just got to keep pushing. All right. Thank you. Thank you again. And like I said, this was just just a joy and a pleasure. And I'm just so glad that I had the opportunity to get to, to, to learn more about you and know you better. And I hope all goes well with you. I, well, I'm sure all goes is going to go well with you. I'm just going to watch and see how much you're going to accelerate your career so quickly. I'm excited, and thank you again. It's been an Mm -hmm. honor and a pleasure. Okay. So have a good night, okay? You as well. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. To all my listeners, that was Adams Freeman. Now, 
we talk about doing what you love and, and loving what you do. He has given us a prime example of loving what he does, he's doing and following his his destiny and, and not catching on to someone else's wagon. And you can tell, you can hear it in his voice, you can hear it in his music that he truly loves what he's doing and he's following his passion and he's following his journey, his destiny. He's on his path. And the rewards for him is pure joy and happiness. And the um, end result is the beautiful music that he's making for us to hear, which is we're grateful for. And with that in mind, what I would like to say to each and every one of you, if there's something in your heart that you really want to do, you really want to try, or you really think that you're good at, please don't stop. Just go and do it. Do it. And don't listen to anybody. Just do it. And let it take you where it needs to take you. And you will be so surprised how far you can go and how happy you will be. I'm going to end on that note. And I want each and every one of you to remember the things that I always say, take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of you, you won't be good for anybody else. You're the most important thing in the world to you. And if you show the world that, they'll show you how much they care and respect you. The other thing I want to say is don't follow anybody. Just just stick with your own, follow your own road. Stick stick on your path. Just do it that way. And, and you'll see. If you stick with your own path, you'll see how things are going to work out. And the other one is I just wish each and every one of you to have a wonderful evening and God bless. And we will be back again soon, and I promise not to stay away from you so long anymore. It has really been a pleasure being with you again this evening, and I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did doing it. And I want to thank Mr. Adam Spreeman one more time for his amazing talent and for the time that he shared with us. And Mary Moore, thank you so much. This has been truly a pleasure. Have a good night. I'll be back with you again soon. 